listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. So today, we're going to go through, and and if there's any announcements, I'll give them to you at the end because I want to get into this. Um, We're going to go through and we're going to talk about uh, the defining characteristics of the Antichrist. What will the Antichrist be like? What will he look like? Uh, What will his personality uh, be? And what will he do? So we're going to, I'm going to give you six today from the scripture, six things that define him uh, as a world ruler. But one of the things that I want to say off the bat is people will sometimes ask, you know, are we in the last days? Brother Ted, do you believe we're living in the last days? And um, something that's very important for both of us to understand is this. We're not getting into the last days. The last days have been here for thousands of years, thousands of years. And so to start today, and in fact, um, I want you to put it in the comments this morning. We've been in the last days for 2000 years. Please put that in the, in the comments. It'll help you to understand that. Praise God. I appreciate that. Crystal. Thank you. Amen. Um, Acts chapter two, you know, it's the day of Pentecost and people say, brother said, are we in the last days? Are we getting into the last days? No, we're not getting into the last days. Put it in the comments. We've been in the last days for 2000 years and we can prove that from scripture. We prove it from scripture. Um, the day of Pentecost came as Jesus prophesied it would. But as the disciples are all being filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven that had gathered in Jerusalem um, and for the Feast of Pentecost. And they were hearing the believers speak in their languages. It was a miracle on that day. They were speaking in tongues in a heavenly language and God allowed these Jews to hear it in their own language. That's a whole nother broadcast. But as they were listening to that, some of them started to mock the believers and said, they're just drunk. You know, they're filled with wine. And so Peter being filled with the Holy ghost jumped up and started to address all of the Jews that were watching. And, um, We start in verse 14 of Acts chapter two and catch this. The Bible says, but Peter standing with the 11 lifted up his voice and addressed them. Well, why go back to verse 13 and verse 12 and all were amazed and perplexed and said to one another, what does this mean? Verse 13 says, but others mocking said they're filled with new wine. So they're calling them drunk. But Peter, standing with the 11, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. Verse 15, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. 
But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. So now Peter's getting ready to quote Joel's prophecy regarding what? The last days. Look at this. He said, and this is that, that was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And then he goes on and quotes the rest of Joel's prophecy. But notice that this sign of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that every believer can receive the Holy Spirit, that is a prophecy that Joel said would take place in the last days. And so notice, and I like how the King James, Peter says, this, what you're seeing happen, this is that, that was spoken by the prophet Joel. This, what you're seeing, people speaking in tongues, people filled with the Holy Ghost, people prophesying, this is the fulfillment of that. For the prophet Joel spoke and said, in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And so get it in your spirit right from the beginning of this broadcast today, that on the day of Pentecost, the last days began. In fact, that would be something great to put in your notes. That would be something great to put in the comments. On the day of Pentecost, the last days began. Amen. And that's exciting that we've been living in the last days for 2000 years, what we would call the church age. The church age is the last days. The last days began on the day of Pentecost. So uh, when people ask you (laughs) or ask me, they say, well, you think we're living in the last days? Uh, Absolutely. I think we've been living in them for 2000 years. And so we should never doubt again, by the way, if you're just jumping on, welcome, take a minute to share this broadcast today on on whatever platform you're watching, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Um, But we've been in those last days for 2000 years. So Uh, think about how close now the apostles and the early church, they were living every day like Jesus was coming right then. They, they believed and they taught and they lived like Jesus was coming tomorrow. How much more should we be prepared and living as though Jesus is coming today? Hallelujah. And I don't, I don't want to get into, uh, necessarily, timelines, um, of, of what took place, but, um, over the last 6,000 years, but really I'll just say something very briefly and very simply. Um, there were the timeline that we've seen has been breaking down into 2000 year segments, 2000 year segments. We've seen three 2000 year segments in a row, three of them. We've seen the first 2000 year segment from Adam all the way to uh, Moses, which gave us, then we started into the law, right? The law of Moses, different dispensation, the law of Moses. And then from Moses to Jesus, another 2000 years. And then from the time of Jesus to now another 2000 years. 
So we've been in different 2000 year segments. Uh, and think about it at the end of each one, the dispensation changed, right? The time frame, the, the system of God on the earth changed. So from that time of Adam until Moses, you had that period of time, uh, where it was one, uh, type of government on the earth, one type of God interacting with his people in that dispensation. And then when Moses gave us the law from God, then God's government changed the way that God interacted with his people changed. And we had that time of the law, 2000 years until Jesus. And then Jesus came and he fulfilled the law, became our sacrifice. And now it's been 2000 years since uh, Christ. And you could say somewhere maybe around 2000, Jesus being crucified somewhere around the year AD 33, AD 36, somewhere around there. So by the time we hit 2033, 2036 will be 2000 years since the time of Jesus and what he did. So we see these 2000 year segments. Well, man, if we're coming to the end of our segment, as many think and many believe, how much closer are we to the return of Jesus Christ, which again will shift that dispensation again. We'll no longer be in the church age or the age of grace where the gospel's being preached. It will transition. And again, we believe that the tribulation will take place. And then of course, uh, the second coming of Christ and then the millennial reign of Christ will take place. So it'll be a different dispensation. But notice that we have these timelines in place, but we've been living in what the Bible calls the last days in our timeline, this 2000 years, it's amazing to see all of the prophecies coming to pass. I'm going to deal with something tomorrow that is just a clear picture of Paul's prophecies of the end times coming to pass. The hearts of many will grow cold. Many will fall away from the faith. Watch this. And people will be preaching doctrines of devils. Demonic doctrines are being preached right now in the church. I'll deal with it tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss that one. But men will be lovers of themselves. They'll be lovers of money. They'll be dishonoring. They'll be violent. They'll be corrupt. All of these things are happening at an expedited rate right now. So I think you can see that we're in the final moments of the last days. And uh, we're, we're seeing those things all around. Jesus said two things. He said, when I return, it'll be like it was in the days of Noah first. Well, if you look into the days of Noah in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that there was corruption and violence everywhere God looked. Two, two things in the days of Noah, corruption and violence everywhere God looked. And he was sorry that it even made man, the Bible says. So we're seeing that again today, extreme violence, extreme corruption, and it's ramping up like it never has before. But then Jesus said, but it'll also be like it was in the days of Lot. What was it like in the days of Lot? Extreme, unashamed sexual perversion. We see it with the transgender community. We see it. We just came through June, you know, where they're proud of what they are doing and who they're. Uh, homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, 
uh, bisexual, all these different things. It, it, it is exactly like it was in the days of Lot. And I won't get into that, but you can see the story very plainly in Sodom and Gomorrah when the angels come in. And all of the men of the city were perverse. So the two things Jesus said it would be like, it's already like that. And it's, it's continuing to increase. So uh, we're in those moments. Paul's prophecies have come to pass. We're in those moments. We're in the last moments of the last days is, is the point I'm getting across. Well, there's coming a time very soon when the trumpet will sound, the Bible says. The tr- there's an angel, according to Paul, the, pro- the apostle, who holds what is called the trump of God or the trumpet of God. That angel's job is when signaled by the father who knows the only, only one that knows the dates and the times, when he is signaled by the father, he will blow that trumpet. And the Bible says when that trumpet sounds that Jesus Christ will descend from heaven with a commanding shout, hallelujah, and the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ will get up out of their graves. And those of us that are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. And of course, that is the rapture of the church. And so uh, we're coming up on that day very quickly, very, very soon. And so one of the things we need to know is that the Bible prophesies that there will be a man who is known as the Antichrist. Now, let me distinguish There's the antichrist. He is a man that will take that position. He is a man that will be that world ruler and that, uh, that figure of power on the earth. But on the other side, there is an antichrist spirit that's been on the earth for 2000 years. It's the spirit of antichrist. We talk about it on the broadcast. We've dealt with it. Uh, John mentions it in first John, uh, the spirit of antichrist that's been here since Jesus was here, but then he says, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Who is the he that's in the world that John is speaking of? Spirits of Antichrist, spirits of Antichrist. So the the spirit of Antichrist has been here since the beginning, since since Christ was here. And even before that, there was an anti-God spirit. That's what Jezebel was operating in when she killed the prophets of God and all that. So there's been an antichrist spirit, but we're distinguishing between the antichrist spirit and a man who the Bible calls the antichrist, who is the, uh, the son of perdition, the son of lawlessness, the man of lawlessness. Uh, he is the one who will be empowered to do these things and carry out these end time prophecies during the time of the tribulation Uh, and so forth. So we're asking the question today, what is he like? What is the antichrist? What is it? What are the characteristics that define him? Uh, if we were to reveal him today, what would he look like? If we saw him on the street and we started to get into what he's doing, how would we know who he is? Well, there are six things that I want to show you that the Bible says regarding the antichrist, the individual, the antichrist. And uh, I want to, I want to break them down for you with the verses of scripture so you can understand even more, uh, not only what he will be like, but what the plan of the devil is 
for these last days. Now, this is important because we're already seeing the precursor. We're already seeing the uh, beginnings. It's like if you read a novel, sometimes a novel has something called a prologue. And those are the things that happen before the story that set the story up. It's a prologue. So we're kind of in what would be like the prologue of the, la- the, the, the time of the tribulation uh, and those prophecies that'll be fulfilled. We're in the prologue. It's setting up the story, right? It's setting up the story. People that think that the rapture will happen and then the Antichrist will rise to power and he's going to take all this time to set up his system, it's not going to happen like that. Remember, we're only looking at seven years. So you, re- you have to realize a lot of these things have to already be in place, technologies, systems, government, when he takes power. He's not going to take 20 years to set an infrastructure up on the earth. These things have to already be in place, which many of them are. And I'll talk about it today a little bit. But when you can see um, what he's like, it will help you to understand also the plan of the Antichrist. Uh, Stronger Pink says, Daniel says he'll be queer. Um, that is one, uh, that is one interpretation, uh, of what Daniel wrote. Um, the actual quote from Daniel is he'll be without natural affection. Um, some would say he will be homosexual. Others argue that the antichrist will just be so engulfed in his plan for world domination that he won't even make time for any relationships with any, with any women. So some argue that yes, that could be a reference to homosexuality. Others say it could just be a reference to his driven focused state in world domination, but that's, that's up for debate. But I want to give you these six things, uh, that the Bible says regarding, uh, the antichrist. And then the real reason I want to, uh, show it to you is because when you see the things that are happening in the world right now, you can see that these plans are already starting to move in that direction. And you'll see what I mean. So six things, you ready? Number one, put it in the comments. The antichrist will be an intellectual genius. Number one, an intellectual genius. That'll be the first characteristic that will define the Antichrist. He will be an intellectual genius. Daniel chapter 8 and verse 23. Listen to this verse. Daniel 8 and verse 23. The Bible says, And at the latter end of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their limit, a king of bold face who understands riddles shall arise. Verse 24, and his power shall be great, but not by his own power. And he shall cause fearful destruction and shall succeed in what he does and destroy mighty men and the people who are the saints. And so there you can see it. 
Here's the intellectual genius that's arising. A man that's so wise, so intelligent that he can understand riddles and his power shall be great. So he's not gonna be any dummy. It's not like you're gonna have some dummy rise up and doesn't even know what he's doing. That's why people are like, I think Joe Biden might be the antichrist. Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. Not at all. He'll be an intellectual genius. He'll have to be in order to carry out something that no one has ever done before in history, though many have wanted to. Though many have wanted to. You go back and think of Genghis Khan. You go back and think of Napoleon. You go back and think of Hitler. You think of people that wanted to take the world. Nobody's been able to do it. This man is going to be able to do it by demonic power, and he's going to have to be an intellectual genius to do so. And the Bible says he'll be a leader that understands uh, riddles, somebody that is very wise, that can figure things out that no one's ever figured out before, and he'll have the ability to do that. Um, Think of the interesting thing that we've never thought of before, uh, not, but in, in fact, Daniel is the one who prophesied this, um, that in the last days, knowledge will increase exponentially. Knowledge will increase. Daniel prophesied that. Do you know how knowledge has exploded and increased just since the invention of the internet? Think for a minute how that by in any moment you have access to pretty much any knowledge that you want to have access to in seconds, stuff that literally stuff that used to take weeks to research, or you had to go to somewhere like a a library or you had to, to research these things. Now we have access to this knowledge in seconds and it's at our fingertips. Every one of us, it's at our fingertips and we can really know, uh, as much as we want to know. And, and, you know, you look at kids now that have the ability to learn things. There's way more prodigies now than there ever have been before. And it's because knowledge is available at your fingertips. I believe personally that that will play into what's happening here in the last uh, moments of time with the Antichrist. Then it's happening around the world. You know, even travel, the Bible says many will go to and fro in Daniel. Many will go to and fro and knowledge will increase. Well, travel has uh, ramped up like it never has. You can get around the world. I mean, we do it. You can get around the world in a matter of hours and go preach somewhere and go minister to people and come right back. And it's never been like that before, but see, we're in the last moments of time. And so it's taking place, uh, even right now. So number one, he'll be an intellectual genius. Number two, he will be an oratorical genius. He'll be able to speak so well and so persuasively. He'll be number two, an oratorical genius genius, an oracle, an oratorical genius. Let me read you Daniel chapter 11 and verse 36. Listen to this, Daniel 11 and verse 36. And the king shall do as he wills. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God and shall speak astonishing things against the God of gods. He shall prosper till the indignation is accomplished for what is decreed shall be done. He is an oratorical genius. Let me read to you 
uh, Revelation chapter 13, verses two and six. Listen to verse two. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to, the dra- and to it, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. Verse six, it opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling. That is those who dwell in heaven. So this, this is, this is a, a, a grouping of scriptures showing that the Antichrist will be an oratorical genius. He'll speak so persuasively. People will follow after him. People will, they'll flock to him, the Bible says. They'll flock to him. In fact, there's, there's a passage of scripture in, in Revelation chapter 13 that says uh, that most believe that he will be executed or assassinated. And then it will seem as though, or he truly will rise from the dead. And when he does, the Bible says, and all of the world will see it and follow after the beast. So there will be people around the world that will flock towards him. He'll be an oratorical genius as well. Almost like he has a hypnotic spell on the words that he speaks. Very interesting. Uh, There's a theologian whose name was A.W. Pink. It said this, so it will be with this daring counterfeiter. He will have a mouth speaking very great things. He will have a perfect command and flow of language. His oratory will not only gain attention, but respect. Revelation 13, two declares that his mouth is as the mouth of a lion. We just read that, which is a symbolic expression telling of the majesty and the all producing effects of his voice. The voice of a lion excels that of any other beast. So the Antichrist will outrival orators, ancient and modern. So he'll be a total oratorical genius and people will listen to him. People will be mesmerized by what he says. It'll blow their minds and they'll follow after him. The Bible says number three. Now, hold on a second before I move on to number three, I I wanted to show you. It's amazing how all of these things are, are kind of ramping up. So, uh, what, what are some of the things that would take place? Because, uh, you've got, you've got a man who's going to speak and people will not only be persuaded, they'll believe all the things that he says. Is it possible? I'm just going to ask you the question. Is it possible that all of the, of the doubt that we're seeing injected into our society today that we can't trust what we've known for hundreds of years. And now things are being called fake news and people, uh, you know, oh, that's not true anymore. Even things that have been established in stone, biological truths are being questioned. Psychological truths being questioned. Is it possible that we're being set up that we can't believe any of that? But then once he comes on the scene, he'll tell us truly what we should believe. He'll tell us what's the truth. Remember, he's a counterfeit of Christ. He's an anti-Christ. Christ is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. So this man who will be the anti-Christ, he will have to de- deceive as though he is the truth, as though he has the truth, right? 
and it will deceive many. And the Bible says many will follow, follow after it. And so I feel like we're being set up to go that direction where we need somebody to just give us what the truth is. What is the truth? You see what I mean? And so that'll, that'll be something we'll see as we move forward. Number three, what's the third aspect of his character? He will be a political genius. Put it in the comments. He'll be a political genius. Listen to Daniel chapter nine and verse 27. Daniel nine twenty-seven. the Bible says, and he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. And for half of the week, he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. I'm going to go on and read to you Revelation chapter 17, verses 11 and 12. Listen to this. As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but belongs to the seven, and it goes to destruction. Verse 12. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. These are of one mind and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. Think about that. So he will be a political genius. One of the things that we believe is that he will be able to do what nobody else has been able to do, bring peace in the Middle East, be able to bring peace in the Middle East. And the Bible says, of course, we're reading it here, that there will be a, a false peace that he will then break, that the Antichrist will then break that peace treaty with Israel. And so he'll have a political ability that no one has ever had before. Political ability that no one has ever had before. And it seems as though he'll, he'll arise almost out of obscurity. And then he'll end up by the end, ruling over the whole earth. It's very, it's very interesting if you study it. Um, let me say this. I'll read you a note here. He'll be the consummate unifier and diplomat. He will assume power under the stealth of diplomacy. His platform will be peace and prosperity. He will weld opposing forces together with ease. All the dreams of the United Nations will be realized in his political policies. He may well receive the Nobel Peace Prize or be Time Magazine's Man of the Year. The Bible reveals that he will even bring such peace to the Middle East that the Temple Mount area in Jerusalem will be returned to Jewish sovereignty. And he'll undoubtedly be hailed as the greatest peacemaker the world has ever seen. It'll be mind-blowing. Be absolutely mind-blowing. So he will be a political genius. Number four. Let me read this to you. Uh, the fourth thing we need to know about him, he'll be a commercial genius. He will be a commercial genius. Think about this. He'll be the CEO of the world's economy. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's mind-blowing to think that that's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. He'll be the CEO of the world's economy. He will set interest rates, prices, stock values, supply levels. Under his leadership, 
everything will be nationalized, but under his personal control. And from the midpoint of the tribulation until the second coming of Christ, no one will be able to buy or sell without his permission. Woo! That, right, that is mind-blowing. I mean, that is mind-blowing. Nobody will be able to buy or sell without his permission. Let me read to you Daniel 11.43. Listen to this. Again, we're saying that he's a commercial genius. Daniel 11.43, he shall become ruler of the treasures of gold and silver and all the precious things of Egypt and the Libyans and the Cushites shall follow his train. That's Daniel 11:43. But now, look at Revelation chapter 13 verses 16 and 17. This is this is the prophecy that we go to often. Listen. Also, the beast causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Okay. So these two passages, Daniel and Revelation, the Bible tells us he will be a commercial genius. No one will even be able to operate in the economy without his okay. Nobody will be able to. Um, let me just say, uh, this, this to me, there's nothing that needs to happen at all for this to come into play. My opinion, you look at the world right now, this could happen today. It could happen today. Let, let me show you what I mean by that. This whole push, and I mean, Canada's pushing for it right now, where they eliminate cash in their society. They eliminate it totally. The, the United States would love to eliminate cash and cash deals and cash purchases and, and the ability for people to do things with cash and everything be done digitally. That is the, that's the goal. You realize that, don't you? There's no trading. There's no bartering. There's no, buy, there's no gold. There's no silver. There's no money. It's digital. Well, what's the push for digital all about? It is so much easier to control you digitally than it is any other thing. Absolutely. So we can pay with our smartwatches. We can pay with our phones. We can pay with our laptops. We have credit cards, but it's all digital. It's all digital. And so all they would have to do, I mean, they do it now. If somebody is under investigation, they do it now. If somebody's on trial or if somebody's a flight risk, they will lock their accounts. They just lock their accounts. That's all they do. That's all they'd have to do to you and to me is to lock our digital accounts and say, sorry, if, I mean, do you know how easy it would be if they, if, if they came up with something and say, let's say they did do a vaccine passport and, uh, and they said, you can't, there's, you can't do anything until you get this passport. You, not only can you not travel when you come in to buy something at Walmart, when you come to, in to buy something at Target or Food Lion or Fresh Market or wherever you're going, if you don't present this at checkout, you can't check out, which means no groceries for you. They were already doing that 
during these last two years. You couldn't even go into the grocery store. Uh, so what's to stop them from doing that? That's the whole push. That's the whole plan. Digitize everything, and then they have the ability to control those things. They have the ability to control those things. Why do you think you've got globalist leaders like Bill Gates buying up farmland around the United States? He's now, I think, the number one landowner. Why? Because you, they don't want you growing your own crops. They want to be in tr- control of the s- food supply and the supply chain and the crops. Why do you think they want to have control over all the housing, all the land? Well, why do you think? Because they have to control it in order to control the people of the world. And that's not a uh, conspiracy theory. That's called Bible prophecy. It could happen easily today. It could happen easily today. The only pro- problem is the church is still here. The church is still here and we've got dominion, authority, and power, but it could easily happen today, easily. And that's what the Bible says will happen. He'll become a commercial genius. Let's move on. Number five, number five, he will be a military genius. Get this. He will be a military genius. I want to read to you from Revelation uh, chapter six. Verses two, uh, verse two, and then I'll read Revelation 13. Listen to this. Describing the, the Antichrist. Are you ready? And I looked and behold, a white horse and its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him and he came out conquering and to conquer. He came out conquering and to conquer conquer. Um, by the way, let me make a point here. If you don't mind, um, verse one is interesting because remember something, the antichrist is still under the authority of God. He's, he's not got authority over God, nor of heaven, nor does he have authority over God's people. I want you to understand something. Um, verse one says something that you got to get in your spirit. Now I watched When the lamb, that's Jesus, when the lamb opened one of the seven seals, this is happening in heaven. This is happening in heaven. I watched when the lamb opened one of the seven seals and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, come. And I looked and behold, a white horse. So notice all of the tribulation And all of the things that happened during the tribulation, they're not happening outside of God. It is God pouring out his judgment on an earth that rejected Jesus Christ. It is God pouring out judgment, all of it, all seven years, not the last half, all of it, all of it. Even the arise, even the rise of the Antichrist is part of the judgment of God which happens at the beginning. So people say like, why do you believe we won't go through any part of the tribulation? Because it's part of God's judgment for the earth. And I'm not appointed under wrath, neither eternal wrath or temporary wrath. You know, cause there's people that'll say, well, that scripture that we're not appointed under wrath, that means hell. Yes, it, I, I, I agree with you. I'm not appointed to wrath in hell, but on top of that, I'll go further. I'm not appointed unto any 
of God's wrath. You know why? Jesus paid the price for me and for you. And so I'm not called to go through any of God's wrath, not any. And so why do I believe we will not be here? One of the reasons is because I I didn't reject Jesus. I received his sacrifice by grace through faith. I'm part of the body of Christ. I'm not appointed under the wrath of God, any measure of it, little or great. And so I don't believe we'll be here at all, but notice it's Jesus who releases the white horse, which is the antichrist. It's a judgment to the earth. It's a judgment to those that are rebellious, but he will be a military. How do we know? Aaron says, how do we know that tribulation is God's judgment? I just read you how we know. Because all of the things that are happening during the tribulation, Aaron, are being poured out from heaven. Seven seals, seven bowls, seven trumpets. They come from heaven. They don't come from hell. It is God who is releasing those things. The seven seals are opened. The seven bowls poured out. The seven trumpets sounding. Those things all happen in heaven. And when they happen in heaven, those things are poured out onto the earth and they're terrible things. They're terrible things. So as we just read, even the release of the Antichrist is something that the Lamb of God releases by doing what? By opening one of the seven seals in heaven. So it is God's judgment upon a rebellious and a wicked earth that rejected Jesus Christ. But the the Antichrist will be a military genius. Let me go to Revelation 13 with you and verse two, listen to this. The Bible says, and the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's. I've read this. And its mouth was like the lion's mouth and to the dragon and to it, the dragon gave its power and his throne and great authority. Let me, let me read this to you. Very interesting. Uh, At the midpoint of the tribulation, the mask will come off. And the beast will replace the olive branch with a sword. That's what I told you. He'll break the peace treaty. He will subjugate the whole world. All the greatness of Alexander and Napoleon, Genghis Khan, will be as nothing compared to him. No one will be able to stand in the way of his conquest. And he will crush everything and everyone before him. He will be the final great Caesar. The Antichrist will. He'll be the final great Caesar. He'll be a military genius. Nobody will be able to stand before him. Nobody. And then Christ will come and devour him with just the breath of his mouth. Powerful. So he'll be, number five, a military uh, genius. Michelle said, where do you think the world will suppose the church has gone? You know, Michelle, one of the things that I often think about, and I'm sure you do too, is, isn't it interesting how many movies and TV shows and books have come out um, with all of these different storylines of interdimensionality? You know, we got sucked into another dimension or um, we've got aliens that are uh, taking us, uh, taking, uh, taking people away and all these different things. It's to get it into the minds of people. What There's actually, people don't know this, there's actually... <clears throat> a group of people on the earth that believe because we are uh, not properly taking care of mother earth, 
that there's going to come a time very soon that mother earth will purge herself of many people, literally just get rid of a huge group of people all at once because the population needs to be reduced. They believe, well, that's the rapture. That's not mother earth. That's Jesus taking his people home. And Aaron, no, the, per, the tribulation is not the persecution of our faith. People are already being persecuted for their faith right now. And we're not in the tribulation. No, the, the tribulation is different than just wicked men persecuting Christians for their belief in Jesus. It is God releasing judgment upon an earth that rejected him. Amen. And so, I mean, these people are coming up with storylines Oh yeah. People just disappearing. People going into other realms, going into other dimensions, being taken by aliens. Who knows how they'll explain it away? You know, abductions, mass abductions, mass disappearances. Who knows? I don't know. But finally, number six, the antichrist will be a religious genius. Put it in the comments. Number six, he will be a religious genius. Interesting. Listen to this note here. Satan's prodigy will be able to do what neither Muhammad nor Buddha nor any other Pope has been able to do. Unite the world in worship. Unite the world in worship. All the religions of the world will be brought together in the worship of one man. Just think what genius and power and deception it will take to pull this off. Let me read you 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Listen to this. The Bible says, verses 3 and 4 is what I want to read. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Let no one deceive you in any way. For that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. There it is. There it is. He'll exalt himself against every so-called God and object of worship and take his, takes his seat in the temple and claims to be God. Man, let me, let me finish by reading you Revelation 13, 8. Listen to this. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. And here's the fulfillment of that. And all who dwell on the earth will worship the beast. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slain. Everyone. Everyone, everyone will worship the beast. Everyone, total one world religion, one world religion. So we've got a one world economy, a one world religion, a one world government, one world, I mean, everything, globalism. That's how you know globalism is not of God. Let let, let me just say this and break it down real quickly before we pray. Globalism, 
Put it in the comments also, because I want you to get it in your spirit. Globalism is not of God. And people say, well, wouldn't it be wonderful to just unite the nations of the world? And just No, globalism is not of God. Did you ever notice that God kept his nation separated from any other nation? Separated. He built walls. God wasn't a God that tore down walls between people. He said, put up walls. Don't marry their women. Don't let their men marry your women. Don't intermingle with them. Don't go in among them. Drive them out. Be separate from them. What was Nehemiah's heart? He was downcast for what reason? The walls were torn down. What's the whole point of Nehemiah's purpose? To rebuild the walls. The Pope is so stupid that he made comments. God doesn't build walls, he builds bridges. Actually said that from inside the Vatican's high walls. (laughs) God does build walls. Ask Nehemiah. God anointed him to build the walls. Amen. Did you know that the Bible says heaven has gates, pearly gates. There are walls around the city of God, walls. And there is an extremely strict immigration policy. (laughs) Not everybody can get into heaven. Extremely strict immigration policy. God builds walls. He has gates. Globalism is not of God. Globalism is demonic. You tear down the borders of a nation. You weaken the borders of a nation. You don't even have a nation. And none of these things can come to pass while there are still strong independent nations, which is why globalists are trying to destroy strong independent nations. Why do you think that they're bringing people, refugees, from other nations? Like, look at Canada, bringing tons and tons of, you know, unchecked Islamic refugees into the nation. That's what Hillary Clinton wanted to do in the United States of America. Just unchecked, bringing people through the borders. What's the point of borders? What's the point of an immigration policy? See? And I'm not against people coming to the United States. I'm, I'm for that. I want them to do it the right way. Don't, don't make our borders nothing. That's not of God. Globalism is demonic. It's absolutely demonic. The things you see, happen, see happening with the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, they are demonic, antichrist policies and agendas, without question. I played the video on here from, from the WEF. You'll not own, by 2030, you'll not own anything. You'll lease everything and be happy about it. You'll not eat meat. You know, all these different things that they want to tell us will happen by the year 2030. God is supernaturally thwarting those plans as long as the church is here in Jesus name, in Jesus name. So before I pray, let me give you this breakdown to help us better envision what the Antichrist will be like. This is a a note from Dr. Mark Hitchcock. He said, H.L. Wilmington has provided a helpful analogy with using American presidents. So any of you that are old enough to remember some of these presidents, or even if you've read about them, this will help you kind of have a picture of the personality 
and the likeness of the Antichrist. Listen to this. The coming world ruler will possess, number one, the leadership of a George Washington and an Abraham Lincoln. The eloquence of a Franklin Roosevelt. The charm of a Teddy Roosevelt. The charisma of a Kennedy. The popularity of an Ike. The political savvy of a Johnson. And the intellect of a Jefferson. Truly the Antichrist will be hailed as the savior of the world. Let me, let me re- read you those again. The leadership of a George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, the eloquence of a Franklin Roosevelt, the charm of a Teddy Roosevelt, the charisma of a Kennedy, the popularity of an Ike, the political savvy of a Johnson, and the intellect of a Jefferson. And so why am I bringing this up today? Because we're literally in the final moments. And you've got to realize that these things, they're not going to start just once the tribulation starts. These things have to be in progress. They have to be happening. They have to build, the infrastructure is being built, as we said earlier in the broadcast. It's being built. Why? So that when the, when the rapture takes place and we're gone, then the, those things can begin immediately. They can begin immediately. Why do you think there's things that have just been being put together? And we sit around and wonder like, why? This seems insane. Why would, why would this be? Well, there's a reason. There's an actual antichrist agenda at work in the earth. Bible prophecy will come to pass. The question we ask ourselves is, are we going to be ready when Jesus comes? Are we going to be ready when the trumpet sounds? Maybe you're watching this right now. Maybe you're watching a replay of this broadcast, or maybe you're listening on the podcast right now, somewhere uh, in the world. Let me, let me just say something to you. If you just heard me teach on all that's getting ready to come to pass and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then today is the day to begin serving Jesus. He's calling out to you. You're not watching this or listening to this by accident. You're here on purpose. And I wanna pray with you. Maybe you're watching, you say, I'm not serving the Lord. Let me pray with you today, and I want you to pray with me so that you can know that you are a child of God, that you can know you're ready for heaven. And if that's you and you're watching, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Even if you're listening, repeat this prayer. Say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Today I ask you, forgive me of my sin. Make me new. Give me power to live for you for the rest of my life. I confess Jesus is Lord. I believe you raised him from the dead. From this day forward, I am a child of God. Empower me to please you with my life. In Jesus name. Amen. Listen, if you're watching this right now and you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you're rededicating your life to Christ today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to miracleword.com forward slash saved. Miracleword.com forward slash saved. And that we have things that are, that'll help you there. I've recorded free short videos that will teach you what you need to know and answer your questions so that you can be equipped to do what God's called you to do. We have things that we want to bless you with. They can all be found right there. Miracleword.com 
forward slash saved. It'll help you. And of course, for those that are watching later or you're in the podcast, we'll put that link in the description as well so that you can, you can get that information and receive those resources absolutely free. We want to help you. We want to stand with you and believe God that your best days are ahead of you and not behind you in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Let me pray for those that are watching, those that are listening, that God would set us with a fresh fire to do what we're called to do as time, time's running out, man. Time is literally running out and we're called to uh, accomplish God's purpose before Jesus comes. Father, I pray for every uh, man and woman that's watching, those that are listening. I pray that today that you would give us a fresh filling, a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit, new boldness, new urgency, new love for your people, and let us go and accomplish with efficiency what you've called us to do. Lord, as we know that time's running out, you told your disciples in John 9 that we've got to work the works of him that sent you while it is still daytime, for the night is coming where no man can work. So let us live with that urgency, Lord, and do the work you've called us to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and we give you praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, people ask us, you're like, why are you, why are you guys going so hard? I mean, it's like you're never home. People asked us last night at church. It's like, how long have you been gone? We're gone as long as we're gone until we're done doing what God's called us to do. And see, you're a part of the work we're doing with this ministry. And those of you that are standing with us in partnership, thank you because you're pushing the gospel forward with the seeds that you sow and the prayers that you pray. And I want to encourage you today to sow a seed by faith. What I really want to encourage you to do is I want you to stand with us on a monthly basis. Every one of you that are watching, ask yourself this question. What can I do on a monthly basis to stand with Ted and Carolyn as they're preaching the gospel around the world, not only on television, but in live crusades, through the media, through the broadcast, all of these things. What can you do at this moment? Everybody can do something. You know, is it, is, is, are you able at this time, say, I could sow $50 a month. I could sow $100 a month. I could sow $500 a month. Go to miracleword.com and you'll see a, a button that just says give in the menu. If you click there, you can click to become a partner. There's a button that says, I want to partner with Ted and Carolyn. Click that. You can see all that we're doing, but fill out the form and say, whatever it is I can do right now. One thing I know, the Lord will increase you. We've seen that with all of our partners. They started at one level, but God's increased them. Maybe they started out at $50 a month. There's many now that are at $100 a month, $500 a month. There's some that are sowing $1,000 a month. That's how God's increased them. He'll do the same for you because you can't beat God giving. He'll always increase you when you obey him. But everybody can do something. If you realize time is short, if you realize Jesus is coming, then you know how important this work is. Life is like, it's so short. And then, and then people are gone. And I'm going to tell you, the souls of men and women are important. The souls of men and women that do not know Jesus are so vital. The Bible says that God is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You play a mighty role in that. And what we're doing here at Miracle Word, you're a part of the family. And so let me encourage you. You say, well, this just seems too small for me to do. No, if it's what you can do, do it by faith and watch what God will do in your life. So go to miracleword.com. If you would fill out the form, 
stand with us. Start where you can and watch where God will take you. And for those that are sowing $85 or more this month, we're going to send you Brother Hagin's book, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. And then for those that are sowing at $250 or more, we're including E.W. Kenyon's powerful book, The Blood Covenant. You'll see things you've never seen about your covenant with God. And finally, for those that are sowing $1,000, standing largely with us to help us, we're going to include with those two, the Net Study Bible with 60,000 translators notes. Can I say, we did something for those that really felt to sow largely, $5,000 or more. We put something together called the Elite Study Collection. It is all of what I consider to be the best study resources uh, available to the believer. Uh, And we put it together in a keepsake box for you. This is for those that are sowing $5,000 or more. We say thank you for taking a big step of faith to push this gospel forward before Jesus comes. Uh, It means a lot and we love you a lot and very much appreciate you. Before we go, let me quickly give you a couple of things. Number one, um, we've got all new kids, merchandise, shirts, stuff for the summer, tumblers. And so here's what we want to do. If you want to go check it all out, go to shop.miracleword.com. Two awesome brand new kids shirts that are available right now. We've got the palm tree shirt. We've got the spray paint shirt. They're available in the store. Uh, they're awesome. Best, I think they're the best kids shirts we've ever put out. But we're also including that in a summer box for the kids, which we put all kinds of stuff in there. A water bottle and a tote bag and stickers and candy and a shirt and beach ball, all kinds of stuff uh, for your kids in a keepsake box. You can grab those in the store and you get to choose one of the shirts, but also the new uh, Yeti tumblers for the kids are out. And if you want to go check them out, everything is at shop.miracleword.com. And then also our new magazine for the summer is getting ready to drop. We'd like to ship it to you. And so if you're not a part of this uh, family already, uh, go to miracleword.com forward slash live and uh, fill out the form so we can send this to you. It won't cost you anything. And if you're overseas, we're going to send you a digital copy as well. Let me finally say this before I go today. Um, maybe you're not a part of the text family. I've been, I've been sending out messages and voice messages to people, uh, just praying with people, taking prayer requests. Maybe you're not a member of the text family yet, but I'd love to have you as a part of our text family. By the way, it's me. It is me. Uh, It's not a bot. It's not a staff member. It's not uh, automated. This is coming from my phone and you're texting me on my phone. And if you'd like to be a part of it, go to that website, miracleword.com forward slash text. Sign up and be a part uh, because I want to stay in touch with you personally. I want your prayer requests. I want to be able to text you and tell you that I'm praying for you or give you a word when God gives it to me. And uh, I just found out that I'm able to send voice messages to you as well. So I've been utilizing that feature uh, also and just kind of sending prayers, sending messages to people. And Lisa, I want you to know that we love you. Carolyn and I love you very much. And if there's anything we can do for you, let me know because I've been praying for you, Lisa, personally and uh, standing with you. And so is Carolyn. And uh, we really, really love you. So please let me know if there's anything we can do for you. Um, We'll stay in touch with you. But if you need us, text us. Let us know what's going on. We love you so very much. I actually texted your pastor on uh, Sunday and said, uh, please tell her that we love her very much. And of course, as you know, I text you too. But we do love you very much. And we're standing with you and praying for you uh, as well. I love you guys, man. Have a 
wonderful and a blessed day. And I'll be back with you in the morning for a very special edition. We're talking about doctrines of devils. A very prominent pastor has started preaching uh, erroneous doctrine and made it public. We're going to cover it and cover why tomorrow morning on the broadcast. I love you guys. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.